don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie, an association with the Galway Film Fla. I'm your host, Gary Kelly, and it is day five of the Fla. We are, of course, into the weekend, always really the most exciting element of the Fla, because there's always a good buzz around. The buzz is online this year. But that's okay. It's still great fun. And there's lots of great screenings that you can catch online. So we are looking back on two screenings that took place yesterday online at GalwayFilmFlat.com. We are going to be reviewing the Irish-Lithuanian movie, The Castle. But we're also going to be looking at the documentary, The Sheriff, which we spoke about briefly on yesterday's episode. So I'm delighted to be joined, as always, by Lisa Tracy and Dave Coyne. Hello, everyone. Hello, Gary. Hello, Hello Dave. And before we kick off into our reviews, you haven't even heard the news yet. We have reached our highest peak ever with Just Like in the Movies, a show that we started about two years ago. We have reached number four today in film reviews. Ooh. Well, is We've it only never four, broken. Is it only two years we're on this gig. It feels like 25 with you two sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're number four in movie review podcasts. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Yeah, so thanks to everyone who's been uh, downloading our streaming the podcast over the last few days during the flat and to those who have been in touch with us as well on his social media. Most of them saying that they prefer Lisa than Dave because Lisa's a little softer in her review. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody has to have some integrity around here, you know? Oh, you know? whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she's prettier than me. What can I say? <laughs> Thanks, too. Okay, so first up, we're going to look at writer-director Grace Sweeney's documentary, The Sheriff, which follows Chuck Jenkins and Carol Bickle, both going up for the election of Sheriff Chuck, already Sheriff, and really shows Trump's America right now through the eyes of the candidates as they throw their hats in the ring. And Dave, we'll go over to you first because we were speaking off air before we started doing the podcast, and I was confused because, um, and now when I look back, it, it kind of makes sense, but I thought other person going up for the election sheriff clarence was in their jurisdiction frederick maryland but that was durham county or something mm-hmm. yes gary it's 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 a clear-cut race in this you know there's two opposing sheriffs and um as we t- spoke about on air you know people might know this but sheriffs in the united states are actually elected same as a, any other politician which i find a bit weird but um and, and of course you know a good documentary gives you some new information i didn't know that um but it primarily follows these two guys, uh, uh, Chuck and Carl. And Chuck is the incumbent sheriff who's been there for 12 or 14 years or something like that. And, you know, the average sheriff, they say, is in, is in situ for about 18 years. But they have an election cycle every four. And uh, Chuck and Carl have been at loggerheads in an election in the past. Chuck was successful. He's been the incumbent, as I said. And Chuck is, you know hardline Trump supporter, lock them up, lock everybody up if they break the law. And he has kind of affiliated himself with this ICE. Now, ICE is, you know, um, immigration and customs enforcement officers, basically the people who will deport you if they arrest you and you don't have your passport or your green card. So if you get, you know, arrested for a, a, you know, a speeding ticket, they'll get an ICE involved and they'll deport you and lock you up and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of opens with him in one of these detention centers for people who are, um, you know, specifically uh, illegal immigrants. And then you have on the other side, you have this guy called Carl, who's running on this more 
community friendly and he's reaching out to um you know the minority uh ethnic groups mm. who you know they're a lot of them are illegal but they're still people and he's more liberal and more of a, a democrat and um An elderly man oh yeah yeah and and this guy uh, carl he's he's a different character not just a political animal but he's a different character he's you know he's a bookworm he's educated up the wazoo he's got 25 years of experience in the chicago police police department in a major metropolitan city and for me chuck reminded me of the character brian dennehy played in rambo first blood Do you know that's I mean? a very astute observation gary you're actually bang on <laughs> he's real old school down with the boys and probably like a decent guy you know like you know probably a decent guy but misguided and can go off at the smallest thing and like there's a big, big bit at the beginning of the documentary where uh the, the current sheriff chuck has been interviewed and they ask him you know about about his opponent and he says oh, I, I don't want to mention his name you know that ass or whatever you know what i mean he has a a disdain and an open disdain for his opponent where whereas his opponent is a very liberal enlightened educated well-rounded retired police officer and he's like the only reason i'm running is because we don't have a good sheriff and uh he's not doing a good job and i want to change things around here and if i say anything that upsets him i'm happy to apologize you know it's a very they're two different characters you know and it's um it's a fascinating dichotomy between the two characters absolutely lisa i know you're after watching the dakota entrapment tapes you're even more frustrated i suppose with what's going on in america and the divide taking place there uh, and so on what were your thoughts on watching the sheriff just that i know i've i've already um waxed lyrical in previous times but uh yeah just that america's judicial system and their legislature and everything it's all intertwined and it's all uh, just one big jumble of a mess and i don't see how they claim to be democratic as the most democratic country in the world. And they're just not, but this documentary just kind of just shows you how, I don't know, corruptible or something that I think the, the office of the sheriff can be because they're, they're going around to certain people and they're obviously friends with these people. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to look after you guys. And yeah, I'll look after you guys. And then it's like, yeah, but you shouldn't be having to look after just those guys. You should be actually taking care of all of the people all of the time. That is your job. But I don't, I don't think it is that way. I think it's just like, well, if you're a Republican, we'll, we'll get you through. But if you're not, we'll, we'll lean on you a bit harder. So I don't know. I'm just very skeptical about their system. So in terms of a documentary, then what did you make of it? I found it was a little bit, it was a little bit confusing because they showed so many different sheriffs. Like there was three different stories going on about who was running for election. As in like you had Chuck and you had Carl's story and then you had Clarence's story over in Durham and who was the first Which African-American. is also, also a very important story, but very important, you story, know, but not given the same light that the other two yeah. were given. So yeah, I thought I it would have been a lot more interesting to follow his journey rather than the other two. Um, and then you had like the, all the side stuff with Sheriff Joe and, you know, it was, it was, it was a bit jumbled. I didn't, I didn't find that it flowed as easily as the other documentaries we've watched this week. You know, it's just, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit annoying to have too many stories jumbled up together. I agree. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it jumbled, but I think it was yeah. just, it didn't have as much, of a direction and narrative direction. I mean, if it was cleaner, it'd be like, these are the two guys. We're going to discuss their points of view. We're going to, you know, look at the people behind them and their motivations and their campaigns and what have you. Mm. And 
then, as you said, Lisa, it was kind of muddy. Next thing you're you're looking at the 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 African American sheriff, and you're like, hold on, am I in the same place? Is this the same election? Oh, this guy's in a different election. Okay, this is a completely different narrative. You know, it's a different issue. He's talking about, um, you know, this is the African American. This is kind of Black Lives Matter kind of topic rather than Republican Democrat topic. So mm-hmm. there's a kind of a mixture, a blend of topics that kind of muddy the waters of what the documentary is trying to talk about. Mm. Uh, but of course, they distill it down to the title of the sheriff, which, you know, simplifies it and opens it up. Uh, so you could look at it from that point of view as well. So, uh, you know, uh, for me as a documentary, it's 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 a good documentary. It's interesting. But I think they missed a trick in, in, in kind of, you know, they put too much spice and too much too much stuff into the pot, you know. Yeah, I enjoyed it as a documentary. Um, I, I very much felt sorry for Carl at the yeah. end of it. And, and you just feel as well that. God, progress hasn't been made. Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, you, you get the sense, Gary, that progress hasn't been made, but it's there is progress being made, but they haven't reached the tipping point in that particular county yet. And no. there still are the good old boy, redneck, uh, you know, KKK connections that are still prevalent, but they're being eroded to the point of Chuck was, he won this election by four or 5,000 votes, which is a small margin. Um, yeah. And I think the reason that perhaps I don't want to speak for the rest of us here in the podcast, but for me, I know that my sensibilities would lean towards voting for Carl because mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's a liberal, he's educated, he has a good view on the law, he has a similar, he shares his viewpoint with me. I'm not saying it's a good view or a bad view, but I would have the similar sensibilities. I'm sure if I met met um, Chuck, I'd say, hey, Chuck, nice to meet you, Sheriff, and I'd shake his hand. Well, we can't shake hands anymore, but you see the point I'm making. He's a good man, mm. but we mightn't have a lot, we yeah. mightn't have the same alignment of um, political beliefs. Whereas mm. our political beliefs, certainly in Ireland, we're a liberal society and we're forward thinking and we can throw old things away very quickly. Whereas in America, they don't throw old things away very quickly because, you know, they're not. A very, people forget America is not a very old country. Like when Americans yeah. are in Galway having a pint with me and I'm winding them up and they annoy me. I'll say things like, listen, my small town of Galway is twice as old as your country. So jog on, you know, so they're actually a yeah. young country. So they haven't matured mm-hmm. as a country, as a political system. They have this black and white, pardon the pun, but, you know, this line in the middle and it's like you're on one side or the other. They don't have any blending of political ideologies and openness to new things. It's like you're either with us or you're against us and yeehaw, we'll shoot you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, in certain states, anyways, I don't think we can take the country as a whole like oh, uh, that. Yes, absolutely. No, no. Well, good point, Gary. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I we all have lots of American friends who are super enlightened and open minded and everything. But uh, in the deep south and in certain places, it's still a bit uh, old school, shall we say. So out of 10, Dave? Out of 10, I'm going to give it uh, six and a half because it's well made. Uh, it's an interesting topic. I learned a lot. Um, and obviously I'm a bit of an American nophile, as it were, you know, and I, I understand how America works and I've lived there for a while. Um, and I learned so much, but, you know, as we said, a little bit too much, too many threads and too many stories that were a little bit, um, off-putting and kind of confusing. So six and a half solid. Excellent. Lisa? I'm going to give it a solid six. I think it's decent. It's a decent documentary. Got to learn something new about America and, you know, it's just, yeah, six. Okay, perfect. All right, let's move on to the next one, The Castle, an Irish-Lithuanian movie. And instead of always making a hames of uh, talking uh, about what it's about, let's listen to the director herself, uh, giving her point of view as to what The Castle is about. 
My name is Lena Lujita. I'm from Vilnius, Lithuania, and I'm a writer-director of The Castle. The film is about uh, dreams and ambitions, and it's about a 13-year-old Lithuanian girl named Monica, who has just arrived to live to Ireland with her mom and granny. And Monica wants to make it big in Ireland. She wants to be a musician. And uh, since she's a migrant and they have just arrived, it doesn't look likely that she will become a musician. So she really puts all her effort and thought uh, to, to achieve that. But the story has quite a bit of turns and twists and things go pretty unexpectedly. But I'm not going to give it away now. There you go. That is the director of The Castellina talking about her new movie, which screened last night at the Galway Film Fla, produced by David Collins of Samson Films, who, uh, again, continues to bring us a great array of stuff. And Lisa, what did you make of The Castle last night? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I really did. Like, it's an Irish movie, but it's not an Irish movie. It's basically a Lithuanian movie set in Ireland because it's all in... Lithuanian and there's a bit of English thrown in there but it's just I was expecting something completely different because I was like as soon as I saw where they lived and as soon as I I was Dublin and I was like okay this is going to be one of those kind of movies and I thought oh no something bad really really bad is going to happen and there's going to be a shooting and there's going to be drugs but there wasn't it was actually it's not exactly a happy movie but it's a very well-made film. Like, I thought the acting was excellent. Everybody was on point in the film. There was no ropey anybody, even side characters. Nobody was ropey. Um, mm. It was just, it was really, really good. I just, it was, you know, it's... Please explain ropey to anyone who's from Lithuania listening, will you? Okay, sorry. Uh, just <laughs> any, anyone that's, like, not a very good actor in a movie is can be considered ropey because they're... they're um, well, you explain it better. You're the actor, Dave. Well, what you mean is that the acting was very good quality, high quality yes. acting. No, yes. no kind of phoning it in amateur stuff. Mm. Oh, I thought you actually wanted the definition for ropey. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want yeah. to explain I, it to people. For those of you yeah. who don't know what ropey means, here's Lisa's definition. Yeah. I'm delighted, though, with your review of it, because I was probably going in a little bit uh, biased because I, I'd actually, I'd be a big fan of Lithuanian cinema and I would have been involved with filmmakers from there over the years and I've been to Vilnius. I'll tell you a quick little funny story, actually. So labas to all the Lithuanians who may be listening to this podcast, which means hello. But when I was over in Lithuania and I was introduced to a bunch of filmmakers and we went out drinking in the old town of Vilnius and having great fun and drinking vodka and eating lard uh, <laughs> and it works. That's what they do. It's freezing, but it works eating lard and drinking vodka. They were saying every so often, uh, Gary, 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 or something like that. I said, oh my God, they're talking about me. What are they saying about me? Why are they not looking at me when they're talking about me? What's going on? And you're just getting paranoid drinking vodka and eating lard. But apparently like Gary or Gary or something like that is, it means okay. <laughs> So it's like when someone's talking, it's like, okay, okay. But they were going, Gaddy, Gaddy, Gaddy. And I was like, what are they saying about me? They're lovely people. But I'm glad because I was probably going into this a little bit one side of saying, I I think I'm just going to love this movie regardless. Uh, And it opened up and I was like, like this for me is really good. Kind of, I'd call it world cinema. You know, it's, it's like there used to be a great DVD store in Galway before called Red, what was it? Red Records or something, was it? Red Records, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And they just had so many great world cinema DVDs in there. Uh, it was like going into Charlie Burns' bookshop. You know, they all proper stuff. And this just reminded me personally 
of just like what what makes really good world cinema. Absolutely. I'm glad we aligned. Dave, Dave and now probably totally disagree with us, but we'll have our moment, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to slate this movie. This is a good movie. It's a, it's, I mean, again, we're back to something we've discussed in the FLA. And of course, th- this is the platform. That's what the FLA is. It's a platform for filmmakers to show their talent. They don't have huge budgets and production crew and all the helicopter shots coming out of their ears. They just have a good camera, a small little crew, and some good, solid actors and a good script, and they go to work, and they make the best with what they got. And um, they made something good here. It's that simple. Um, and it just shows me that we need to have more female directors. We need to have more you know, up-and-coming directors get some money. We need to take the money off people like Michael Bay, back to the Michael Bay bashing. We need to stop spending $500 million on crap with, you know superstar actors who are just models in suits we need to tell stories like this about real people who mess up make mistakes uh, coming of age coming of age stories are often you know standard fair nice child doing their best then they have an issue and they make the wrong choice and they learn from it you know classics tropes but mm. this one is quite good it's it's very well it's just it's not there's no murder or mayhem in it it's but it's innocent and yet there's a lot of conflict in it. Um, the direction is simple. It's clean. The acting is excellent in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the three lead ladies in this. I mean, it's, it was great to see a female director and writer writing. P- potentially, I don't know. You, We might ask her if we ever get a chance to meet her, Lena, about, you know, was this uh, semi-autobiographical bi- or what? But, you know, there's three generations of Lithuanian women in this story. And the different struggles they have, the casting was excellent because the three of them were extremely believable as, uh, you know, three generations of um, grandmother, mother and daughter. And they were brilliant. And the young uh, actress who played Monica, uh, Barbara, I'm not going to even attempt her surname. Sorry, Barbara. She was fabulous. I mean, she's a beautiful young girl. Great little actress. Her eyes are they almost look CGI blue. They're so amazing. Mm. And she's a good singer. She's a great little actress, I have to say. Her acting was amazing. And the grandmother. Oh, my goodness. The grandmother, um, uh, Jurate, I believe her name is. Again, sorry about the pronunciation. She was brilliant. Her acting was brilliant. Her decline into senility or dementia or whatever it was, was entirely believable and mm-hmm. authentic. And you were right there with her. And, um, I mean, the story itself is a little bit... Um, you know, it's a little bit simple in terms of, you know, it's it's clean, simple story. It's not overly complicated, but it's about the emotion and the, the desires and the yearnings that are in people and that leave people like the mother's yearnings for life are gone. You know, she's just mm. I just want to survive. And the grandmother is just wants to, you know, she's slipping away into uh, old age. And then the young girl, she, her dreams are just bursting forth. And it shows that the, the dichotomy and the friction between those three stages of life in uh, three women uh, in the same family. And I, I thought it was uh, very well made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me as well, I you know, it gave me a great insight into how difficult it is as well for people who have come from, you know, different cultures and countries and try to create a new life for themselves here. And it's already hard as a teenager mm in this country or in any country really yeah. but 
with all that as well going on in the background, I thought it just captured it so well on celluloid. Yeah, really and did. as Lisa said, a lot of the ancillary characters, uh, you know, the 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 dude selling the cigarettes, he was just a, he's yeah. a good character, and he he sh- he served a purpose, you know, mm. like that he was struggling, and he he's like, come on, I'm going to rob a bank, you know, I'm joking, and then they go and they're they're stealing stuff out of the the recycling Those bins things. to 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 make like a couple of euros. And she's expecting to make a couple of quid and he's like, there's seven euros, you know, just the struggle that he's going through just to survive. And then, of course, there's the, the, the dancer next door, whether she was a dancer or a stripper or a prostitute or whatever, we don't know. But, you know, it there's it, it, she's a well-rounded character. There's a bit of backstory. She goes away. She comes back. Her character is only a means to an end, really. But her character also told us something about the struggle that she was going through. Uh, you know, she has a son with presumably a asshole of a man who beats her because she comes back bloodied and bruised and uh you know she's just working hard in ireland doing whatever she can to make a living and as you said gary the harshness of it to go to a different country and make a living with a different language and culture and everything it was portrayed really well in this film and uh mm. it was i mean it's not an enjoyable film in terms of subject matter you, you know it's hard there's some you know there's some hard truths in there to face up to but it's mm. well made good pace uh, good structure. The story is nice and clean and simple, and um, a great exploration of character is what this film is. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Okay, Lisa, out of ten oh, for the castle. Definitely a solid. I'm going to give it an eight because I really thought it was just really well made, really just very, very well done. I think fair play to everybody involved. Okay, excellent, Dave. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go maybe seven and a half. Um, because of just, I'd love to see these, the production value be higher. You know, the story, like the, the core elements of this film are good, solid, good acting, good script. But if they had, I just want, I'm kind of almost giving out to the producers almost to say, get more money, get more money when you have a good script, put it on the screen. So I'm going to deduct a few points there for, for the producers and say seven and a half. Okay, well, and I suppose from a producer's point of view, it's probably hard to raise capital as well when it is something, you know, that's kind of, I mean, unfortunately, especially in Ireland, they don't tend to sit down and watch films with subtitles. I mean, we know that ourselves Mm. from sitting in cinemas. So it can be a hard sell at at times, I suppose, to get funding to say, okay, this is a a European co-production between Lithuania and Ireland, and it's going to be subtitled. And sure, I'm sure loads of people in Ireland will go to it, but they should. Mm. They, they should. should. I mean, it's a good film and it shows it's it's as Lisa said, it's a Lithuanian film. It's an Irish film, but it's a Lithuanian Irish film. And uh, it, it we, we, you know, Irish people need to know we need to be enlightened because we don't know what mm. it's like to come to Ireland because we were born here. And we need exactly. to know we need to have a little bit of insight into the struggles and the difficulties that, that people go through because we uh, we kind of take things for granted. And um, this is kind of actually an important film in that regard. And the struggles that yeah. they have and, you know, the fact that grandmother wants to go back to Lithuania so badly that her dementia makes her want to walk into the sea to go back. Mm. Uh, and they're struggling for money so bad just to keep a roof over their head. So um, it's an important film in that regard. And um, But you are right, Gary, obviously your experience as a producer in the, in your previous lives, uh, you know, it, it is tr- it's a hard sell. But... Um, Sometimes the hard sells have to be done because it's an important story. And uh, But it's a good calling card for Lena and uh, the rest of the cast and crew to move forward and hopefully get some money 
the next time to have more production oomph behind them because they certainly have the skills required to craft a good piece of entertainment. Yeah, they need to talk to Michael Bay. <laughs> we need to get Michael Bay's accountant on the phone and say, look, at you have enough shite made and you have enough money. Can you just feck off and let somebody else come in here, please? Take your lens flares and go okay. home, you know? Let's look ahead to what is taking place today at the Galway Film Flat. More shorts taking place this evening and this afternoon. Documentaries on this afternoon as well. You have The Tribe of Gods, uh, which hopefully we'll get to catch at some stage this afternoon. That screens at three. You have Searching for Mr. Rugoff, which of course will. Fitzgerald also teed up as a good documentary about a man who really helped cinema. And... Uh, some really, really good movies, or certainly the word on the street is that they're really good movies. Uh, screen this evening. You've no hard feelings at six. Here are the young men at seven. Agnes Joy at eight, and Redemption of a Rogue at nine o'clock. Make sure you catch at least a couple of those movies tonight, because everyone is saying that they're really, really good. So that's it for Just Like In The Movies. Again, please continue to tell your friends, your mates about the podcast, especially while we cover the Galway Film Flat this week. It's amazing all the downloads and streams that we've been getting. So thank you. And don't be shy. Touch base with us. Let us know what your thoughts are on what we have reviewed. Get in touch with us via our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And check out the website as well, jlitmovies.ie. But Lisa and Dave, thank you as always for uh, taking time out to catch some screenings and do your words of wisdom for us on the podcast. <laughs> Why, thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Pleasure as always, Gary. Pleasure. I'm thinking our lab ass mightn't be hello. It could be thank you in Lithuanian. So maybe someone can tweet us and actually <laughs> correct me. There you go. That is it from us for this episode. We'll be back again tomorrow morning with more reviews. Tune in and subscribe. Bye bye. <laughs>